Hi, everyone. I'm Leslyn Keith, and I'm president of the Board of Directors at the Lipedema Project and Director of Research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today, I have an excerpt from a presentation by Dr. Stanley Roxon at our Heart to Heart virtual event that was held in October 2022. Dr. Roxon is the Alan and Tina Neal Professor of Lymphatic Research and Medicine at Stanford University School of Medicine, where he also serves as Chief of Consultative Cardiology and Director of the Stanford Center for Lymphatic and Venous Disorders. He has spent most of his professional life researching and caring for those who have lymphatic disorders. In this excerpt from his presentation, Dr. Roxon talks about several paradoxes that he has observed in the study of lipedema. Finding a doctor who actually can put even name recognition to the condition of lipedema is still a challenge, uh, certainly in many parts of the country, I would say most. So what I would like to say in relationship to the first paradox for this difficult to remember name is that lipedema does appear to be a common disease. We don't have what I would consider to be highly reliable epidemiology, but what data we have suggests that this is not rare, and yet it has received relatively little attention from the medical community. So where we're headed right now, I can say, is that we're making a transition to a place in which the affected community of patients is becoming aware that there is a name to be assigned to a condition that they've lived with in many cases, lifelong or nearly lifelong. So in that sense, it is becoming hip in the sense that people are awakening to it. But unfortunately, I don't think that translation has really occurred substantially yet to the medical community. And I'm sorry to say there aren't many doctors who are poised to say it's good that we caught it early. So that unfortunately, I think many of the patients who start out in stage one and are seeking medical attention at that stage are not very likely to find a healthcare professional who is prepared to deal with this, even as we progress to the more profound manifestations of lipedema. We're not necessarily encountering a medical community that is prepared to assign a meaning to this and to have a medically appropriate course of action. The second paradox is that diagnosis and treatment of lipedema cannot yet rely upon strong evidence-based approaches and still unfortunately largely inferential. Now, part of the reason is that lipedema as a clinical entity, there is a tremendous amount of overlap with existing other entities, which in turn overlap with one another. So these are complex overlapping features, and they certainly cloud differential diagnosis, and they can mean at times that diagnosis is incorrect in both directions. So the three commonly recognized entities that strongly overlap with one another and pose the greatest challenge for differential diagnosis are pure lipedema, pure lymphedema, and what in this particular publication was called a lifestyle-induced obesity. So the diagnosis of lipedema is purely on clinical grounds, which means you need to have the requisite combination of presenting symptoms and objective findings, and you need a knowledgeable clinician 
to recognize that constellation and to be able to distinguish it from the entities that more closely resemble it. The next paradox has to do with genetics. So as we know, lipedema often clusters in family patterns, and this is recognized as prevalence as opposed for the most part to formal genetic studies, although early genetic investigations are now beginning to come out. I'm aware of at least a couple or three studies that begin to give us some insight into the genetic substrate. But genetic confirmation is certainly not easy to accomplish, and there is no routine genetic screening that we can do yet. And I do believe lipedema, while it may have a very strong genetic substrate, it's not likely to be a unigenic abnormality. It's likely to represent the cross-section of a number of perhaps single nucleotide polymorphisms or other genetic changes that are required to occur in parallel in order for lipedema to emerge. Obesity and lymphatic dysfunction are not sex-determined. Neither one of them is. They might be uh, sex-influenced, but they're not sex-determined. Yet, lipedema is seen only in women. Now, the reason I put that in quotation marks is that we do rarely see lipedema in men, but generally speaking, to see a lipedema presentation in a man requires that there be excess estrogenic effect in that sex-determined male. Now, where do these hormones come into play? Why is this important? Why is this playing a role? Well, again, these are hypotheses. These are putative effects. One of the things that we know is that estrogen, unfortunately for people who struggle with weight in the estrogenic environment, estrogen has central nervous system effects. And this can uncouple the relationship between appetite and weight control. And so there certainly can be an influence in terms of the sheer caloric impact and calorie distribution impact on the underlying pathogenesis that will drive lipedema. This is probably not the most important phenomenon, but it may be contributory. What is probably more important are the peripheral effects of estrogen on metabolic fates, I would say, in the body. So changes in lipolysis, changes in gynoid to android adiposity, altered expression of enzymes that are lipogenic, and altered expression of genes that are related to lipid disposition. All of these can be under estrogen control or modulation, and I think estrogen plays a vital role in what we know and see about lipedema. Thank you, Dr. Roxon. That was a wonderful and very enlightening presentation. And coming up in a future flash briefing, I will be giving you also a clip also from that presentation where he talks about not only the paradoxes, but he talks about what possibilities are in store for the future of lipedema. And I'd also like to give a big thank you to all of you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. You can now also follow Living Well with Lipedema on Amazon Music and get new episodes when they become available. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema Flash Briefing.
Hi there. This is Catherine Sayo with a very quick and exciting announcement. Just to let you know, our three-day event, Heart to Heart, is coming up March 31st, April 1 and 2. Make sure you don't miss it. We have speakers coming from all over the world and an amazing schedule for interaction with all of the community. It's going to be spectacular. Go to lipedema-simplified.org and be sure to click the link to get more information. And we'll see you there.